Hi, and welcome to every rom-com now streaming for the week of May 3rd through the 10th, 2021. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Jen and I are back and ready to give you some great streaming recommendations, as well as letting you know where you can find some of the movies from recent and upcoming episodes of the podcast. We'd also like to let you know that you can follow the podcast on social media. Our Facebook page is Every Romcom Podcast and Blog. Our Instagram is at Every Romcom, and our Twitter handle is at Every Romcom Pod. And as always, you can find the podcast at everyromcom.com. Send us feedback at feedback at everyromcom.com. And if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. Now for the week of May 3rd through the 10th, we'll let you know what's streaming. First, here's where you can find some of the movies we've covered on the podcast. Our first ever episode was on Moonstruck, and Moonstruck is still available on Prime and Tubi. Next was Longshot, uh, which you can find on NBC, E, Oxygen, Telemundo, Sci-Fi, USA, and Bravo. And one of Sophia's favorites, the half of it, is still available on Netflix. Bride and Prejudice is on Crackle and Plex. Ten Things I Hate About You is still streaming on Disney+. Plus. How Stella Got Her Groove Back is on Epics. And Roman Holiday is currently available on Prime, Pluto TV, and the Criterion Channel. And a special note about the Criterion Channel, it is also currently hosting other movies written by Roman Holiday screenwriter Dalton Trumbo, as well as an interesting documentary about his life, which includes narrative readings of his letters by many famous actors, including Liam Neeson, David Strathairn, and Joan Allen. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty um, cool. We watched watched it last night. It was really interesting, a unique way to get to know Dalton Trumbo, the screenwriter of Roman Holiday. I'm excited about that. Um, Next, we... Uh, watched Crazy Rich Asians, and you can find that on HBO Max and True TV. And finally, you can find our last uh, episode's topic, Lost in Translation, on Peacock. The other movies we've covered can be rented from streaming platforms or from your local library. And here's where you can find the movies we'll be talking about over the next few weeks as part of our travel series. On Thursday, we'll join a treasure hunt in Colombia with Romancing the Stone, which can be rented from various platforms or most likely found at your local library. And in a few weeks, we'll be finishing up the travel series with Richard Linklater's Before series, starting with Before Sunrise, which you can find on Cinemax. At the end of most episodes, you'll find recommendations for movies to watch as a double feature with the movie we're discussing that week. Here are some of the double feature recommendations for Lost in Translation. Jen recommended Ghost World, which you can find on Stars. Sophia recommended Once, which you can find on HBO Max. Luna recommended In the Mood for Love, also on HBO Max. Serena recommended Sophia Coppola's debut feature, The Virgin Suicides, which is currently on Paramount+, Canopy, and Epics. I recommended Tokyo, uh, currently playing on Canopy, Pluto TV, and Topic. Uh, And specifically, the third segment is called Shaking Tokyo, directed by Parasite director Bong Joon-ho. Serena recommended Her, which you can find right now on Tubi. I recommended Departures, which you can also find on Tubi. And finally, I recommended Paris Can Wait, which is another travel rom-com directed by Sofia Coppola's mother, Eleanor Coppola. 
Now we'll get into our recommendations for rom-coms and rom-com adjacent movies and TV shows that are streaming right now. So I'm really excited about my first pick, and it's a TV series called Upload, which you can find on Prime. And I think you would like it, Sophia, and I think Serena would like it as well, and Sybil. Mm-hmm. Like, we haven't heard from her in a while, but I think all of the hosts of the show would end up liking this show because it's um, just really engaging, funny, romantic. And it's the best way I can describe it. It's like a lighter, like much lighter and romantic version of Black Mirror. So if you're a Black Mirror fan, a fan of sci-fi, I think you would enjoy Upload as well. It has some common ideas and themes with the very um, critically acclaimed episode of Black Mirror, San Junipero. So the premise of Upload is that a character called Nora, played by Andy Allo, works as a customer service agent for people who are living out their afterlives in a luxurious simulated reality world called Lakeview. So it's like they feel that they are real, but they're really just their consciousness has been put into this computer program, basically. And she is working specifically with a client called Nathan, um, who's played by Robbie Amell. And they, the two of them start connecting, even though she's not supposed to connect with her clients in this afterlife. Obviously, then like th- that's where the romantic aspect comes in. And the characters and actors are very likable. I also really like the supporting characters, especially I like Nora's friend and co-worker at the customer service center. Alicia is the character, played by Zainab Johnson, who I guess is a stand-up comedian, I found out. And there's also, in addition to the romantic comedy aspects and the sci-fi aspects, there's also a mystery aspect. So somebody may have killed Nathan. And we're not exactly sure, you know, who or why he was killed, but it's it's part of the intrigue. And this show, I watched it during quarantine. And so there was a question, oh, my God, are they going to make a second season? Because they kind of leave you <laughs> on a couple cliffhangers. But there is indeed going to be at least a second season. So upload, you can find it on Prime. I pretty much guarantee that if you like the first episode, you'll end up binging the entire thing, probably in a weekend. So be warned. Wow. What a, like, sci-fi and mystery and that's a lot that's all all these genres that sounds cool yeah it's a real mesh and then my first pick is it is straight up rom-com it is is classic rom-com Notting Hill it's on Netflix starring Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant this is from 1999 um okay yeah, that year, man. Um, you know, it's so funny. Like these are these are actors, and they're beautiful forever. But boy, were they young! Like <laughs> twenty years ago, you're like, look at these babies up on screen. <laughs> so Julie Roberts plays Anna Scott, who's a famous actress filming in London, and she walks into William Thacker, that's Hugh Grant, his bookshop in Notting Hill, and low sparks fly um i guess he he spills juice on her blouse and he invites her back to his flat to clean up and she accepts um and they get to know each other and she goes to dinner at his friend's house and they're all starstruck and anna stays over at william's flat but his eccentric flatmate um kind of accidentally tips off the press and they bombard william's flat ruining the sweet romance that's bunning between them and and she walks out she leaves and um a year passes before they meet again 
and there's a couple starts and stops and you don't know, is this, is this relationship going to work? Cause it's hard out there for a regular guy to be in love with a movie star. So, um, my favorite part of this film, and I think what holds up over 20 years is the supporting cast, which is Hugh Bonneville from Downton Abbey. Um, and I think it's pronounced, oh boy, I, should, I totally didn't think about doing pronunciation checks. I'm sorry. Reese Ifans. He um, plays the lizard villain in one of the Spider-Mans. And he played a reoccurring villain role on the TV show Elementary. And so in this film, he plays hilarious, eccentric, weirdo, Spike. <laughs> it's his name. So that's where I initially knew him from. And then to see mm -hmm. him in these villain roles, I was like, wow, you, you do that well, too. So and then Tim McInery, people might have known, recognize him in Game of Thrones, Eddie the Eagle and the Aeronauts. So the supporting cast of William's friends and family are hilarious and charming and caring. And I, I love those people. I love those supporting casts that are all like there to, well, support the protagonists and, you know, just want the best for those people. I, I love those, those characters so much. Um, and the love story itself is a little silly and far-fetched and tropey, but the supporting players are quirky, funny, and sad and completely enjoyable. And that's why I still support and highly recommend Notting Hill. And it made me want to go back to London. I'm like, gosh, I'm dying. This travel series is killing me, Jen. I have such wonderlust. I'm like, and I'm dreaming about all these places. And oh, man. It's yep. Yeah. <laughs> so my second pick um, is actually a travel rom-com. I didn't know about it before, but I recently watched it. It is called Juanita and it's from 2019 and uh, it's on Netflix. Be careful if you have a Roku device. If you search for Juanita, you will not find this movie. You will find a different movie called Juanita. So I recommend going straight to Netflix and searching for it there. It is a hidden treasure on Netflix. I don't even know how I found it, honestly. Um okay. It is starring Alfre Woodard, who is a fantastic actress. Yes. And she, she's probably in every scene of the movie. So it's a real great opportunity for her to shine. And what I love about this movie is a travel rom-com for working class people. Okay. Mm. This is a, this, yeah. This is a travel <laughs> rom-com where a middle class woman, uh, a working class woman, she gets kind of sick of the life she's leading. She's working hard. She's supporting her kids who are grown, you know, she's <laughs> like taking care of everyone and she just wants something for herself. And so what does she do? She hops on a Greyhound to like wherever, like wherever she can get away. And like, that's so relatable because like, yeah. you know, not everybody has the money to like go on some kind of intercontinental journey, like get on right. a plane, first class flights, you know, sometimes people just need to travel on a Greyhound or on Amtrak or like get in their car. Right. So right. it's a great movie if you just want somebody you can relate to. Yeah. Again, Alfred Woodard is amazing in this movie. She's a fantastic actress. And I also really liked uh, Adam Beach who played Jess, a restaurant owner that Juanita meets on her travels and may have some interest in. So yeah, um, great actors in this movie, great supporting cast. And there were some parts of the movie that didn't work as well for me. Like there's this like running gag of like 
Alfred Woodard's character fantasizes about Blair Underwood and Blair Underwood shows up playing himself in these like little fantasy interludes, which is kind of funny, but it's still kind of like tonally odd with the rest of the film, which seems kind of like more realistic. Okay. Um, But I, I found the movie got more interesting when Juanita reached her unexpected destination and the little town she ends up in really reminded me a lot of Northern Exposure. I mean, part of it could be that like an actress from Northern Exposure, Elaine Miles, who played Marilyn, um, the secretary in the doctor's <laughs> office, she's in the movie. So, I mean, okay. that probably that probably contributed, but it's also one of those like whimsical small towns with interesting characters, you know. And it felt like it was like kind of begging for a sequel. Maybe there's more information in the book that it's based on because apparently it's based on a book called Dancing on the Edge of the Roof by Sheila Williams. And I'd be interested in checking out that book after watching the movie because oh, the characters yeah. seem like they had a lot of depth. So really recommend this Juanita on Netflix. Oh, wow. I might just do that today. It's a rainy day. Oh, wow. Um. My second pick is The Unicorn, also on Netflix. It's a, it's a TV show series. It's about a man named Wade Felton, who is a widowed dad of two young teenage daughters. And it's been a year since his wife's death, and his friends encourage him to start dating. And they set him up on a dating website, calling him a unicorn, um, and that he's a total total catch. He owns his own successful landscaping business. He wants a long-term relationship. He wants to date women his own age. So, you know, he's, he's rare. Uh, He's a unicorn. So that's the premise and all kinds of hilarity ensues as his friends are, you know, nosing in on his life. What I love about this is the believable family dynamics. And I love his funny and loving friends. These marriages are believable. The kids Mm. are believable. Like there's no like genius nine-year-old and there's no (laughs) like the teenagers are, I feel they just look like regular kids. There's no like bitchy drama and there's no, it's not gossip girl teenagers. I just love, (laughs) I really love these kids. And I really love the way that Wade and his friends, they look after each other especially when it comes to helping each other take care of their kids. Wade will be tied up at work and he'll text, you know, one of the, you know, his friends with like, can you get the girls? And they're like, yep, no problem. And I, I love that a lot. Like the community that is just so important and it's so great when you can trust your parent friends to help you deal with, you know, all of, all of the kids stuff. So I thought it was super funny and um, super sweet. So season one is on Netflix and season two is on Paramount Plus. So okay. I'm still waiting for it to show up on Netflix. I'm like, come on, season two. <laughs> okay, so my third pick is The Map of Tiny Perfect Things and it is on Prime and it's a 2021 release. And there have been a lot of movies since Groundhog Day that have been kind of inspired by Groundhog Day that have had a similar concept of like repeating the same day, etc. Um, one that got a lot of attention was Palm Springs, but I much prefer this one. This is another Groundhog Day inspired movie. And whereas Palm Springs, I don't felt feel broke much new emotional ground. I really think that the map of tiny perfect things did break new ground in this genre. Um, I think it is more emotionally fulfilling. I think the characters are more complex Um Uh, both intelligent and emotionally intelligent teenagers. And I just felt like it's a kind of movie that could move you and leave you with a little something. 
after you've mm-hmm. watched it. Not just a comedy, you know, which mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with a comedy. But like, I think Groundhog Day already did that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I like to see new twists on the genre. I also really like the Happy Death Day uh, slasher series because that did something new with the concept. And I hope that we'll do that in October, actually, because it's kind of a rom-com too. <laughs> anyway. <Okay. laughs> <laughs> so, so this movie obviously deals with characters dealing with a temporal anomaly. They are aware of Groundhog Day and other movies with that type of situation like Edge of Tomorrow. And but it doesn't spend a lot of time, you know, rehashing the opening parts of Groundhog Day where like uh, he's experimenting with, you know, what to do with this situation. This this movie starts where the characters have already adjusted to, you know, dealing with this lifestyle and they've made up their own routines. And it's first you just see this one boy who's dealing with it. And then he runs into a girl who's also dealing with it, who's his same age. And the girl is played by Catherine Newton, who played Reese Witherspoon's older daughter on Big Little Lies. She's a great actress. I think she's got a great future. And I thought they had really good chemistry together and just like really, you know, the script was well written. So I just think if you want to watch a teen rom-com, this is one of the better ones I've seen in recent years. It just feels very heartfelt, um, authentic. I did predict what would happen at the end, but that's okay. As long as the ending is satisfying, you know, who mm-hmm. cares? I, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't need it to be a big mystery. And yeah, I teared up a little bit at one point. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's more of a rom-drom to be honest, but you know, still got the rom. So yeah, recommend it. cool okay so this one was a surprise like for me um you know here we are during quarantine and just kind of watching everything and um so uh this is life as we know it it's currently playing on tubi and it stars katherine heigl as holly brennanson and josh dommel as eric messer came out in 2010 and i had really low expectations about this because the premise is a little like Okay, Um, so her best friend and his best friend set them up on a blind date, which like ends before it even starts like they already don't like each other and they don't get along. But because their best friends are married, you know, they they see each other a lot, but it's always like "Mm, you're an idiot. and So there's, you know, that trope is there. of these people who don't get along, but their best friends have a daughter and they make them godparents of this daughter. And then tragedy happens. They get into a car accident and in their will, they've stipulated that they want Holly and Eric to raise their daughter in their house. So Mm -hmm. again, like when would this ever happen in real life? (laughs) Sort of silly, but, um, and they don't like each other, but now here they are cohabitating and co-parenting their goddaughter. So, um, of course they, they get on each other's nerves and both their lives are upended. Like it's one thing when you like decide, okay, we're going to have a kid and we know our lives are going to change. But then when you like kind of all of a sudden have a child, you're like, woo, I wasn't, wasn't prepared for this at all. So their lives are a little upended and they try to figure out how to run their business and go to work and all this. And, you know, it's funny. And of course they start to get along and they start to be friends. And then one thing leads to another. So I had, again, really low expectations, but I was pleasantly surprised. I did like it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Mm. And I kind of like, you know, cared about them, I guess. And all those tropey things like didn't bother me too much, I guess. Um, and full disclosure, I think Josh Dummel is super hot. And I'm like, well, I'll watch this. At least I can 
<laughs> you know, look at yeah. his pretty face. And then Josh Lucas is also in it, who I think is a really underrated actor. And and he plays like second fiddle in this film. And I'm like, that just doesn't read well. I mean, <laughs> all, you know. Sometimes um, you have to make the second fiddle really hot. So it seems like a really hard choice, I think. I, oh, good point. So anyway, it's on Tubi. And I do. I recommend it. I feel like it's one that I could watch over and over again. Like, I don't have to commit too much. Um, but I can also stop and watch a scene that I enjoy and be like, oh, okay. And I don't know. It was a good one. Pleasantly surprised. Right. My fourth and final pick is MILF, which is on Netflix. And this is the 2018 version of this. Again, this is another one where there's more than one movie called this. So I would look for it directly on Netflix. And if I if I had known about this at the time we did How Stella Got a Groove Back, this is like a slam dunk double feature idea with How Stella Got a Groove Back. Because this is like a raunchy beach sex comedy, but with older French women, okay? And the older French women happen to meet a bunch of younger French guys at the beach who become very interested in them. So just like with How Stella Got a Groove Back, this is dealing with a lot of like themes of like, you know, the difficulties of being in an older, younger relationship, like the hesitancy even to be in it in the first place in some cases, like differences that you deal with during the relationship. And it's not as serious as Stella. Like it's much more like, you know, funny and like um, not as serious at all. Like there's a lot of nudity. <laughs> there's a lot of just like shenanigans. But um, I liked it. Like I, I was a little torn about whether to recommend it because like, I didn't entirely like it's a bit of a guilty pleasure. Okay. Like, mm -hmm. like it's a lot of the pleasure in this movie is just from vicariously living in this situation. There's this, like really hot young guys. And like a lot of times they're like naked or almost naked and like <laughs> hot, hot older women. And so like, you can like really like get a lot of visual pleasure from this movie and you can get a lot of vicarious pleasure from their beach vacation as well. But it is also directed by a woman, Axel Lafont who is also in the movie as one of the lead characters. So I thought that was super cool. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's nice to have this raunchy sex comedy, but from a woman's POV, I think. Uh -huh. And the, the ending didn't like wrap up exactly the way I wanted it to, but, but I think maybe that's okay. Like, I think we get too accustomed to like, you know, things wrapping up like in a perfect bow. And I think it's maybe more realistic that they wouldn't wrap up in a perfect bow in situations like this sometimes. So I think you could, there's room to be surprised with this movie too. So yeah. Fun. And then we have a questionable recommendation <laughs> at best. Okay. You guys remember our first, very first episode podcast. It was moonstruck written by John Patrick Shanley. You know, this theater, um, playwright um legend and i had found out that a new film of his was coming out written and directed wild mountain time okay and then it popped up on hulu and i'm like it is streaming now streaming on hulu and it's got emily blunt jamie dornan john ham and christopher walken and so i was so pumped and i watched it and um you know it's a little bumpy so I just want you all to know it is now streaming. It's out there and it won't kill you to watch it, but um, it's bumpy. So, uh, you know, I think this is the first time <laughs> this is the first time somebody's recommended something, something like I recommend it, but also I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, 
So what do you think is right? good about it? Like, what did you appreciate? Okay, about what's it? good about it? You know, despite its bumpiness, gosh, there there are moments that I just really loved. Like, okay, I love Emily Blunt. I think she's great. You're not a big fan. So if you're not a big fan and you're watching her like emote and like cry and sing and and be charming and stuff like that, and her costumes were specifically designed just for her, they're beautiful. Like that was a pleasure to watch her, you mm. know? And um, I know it's cliche to like the sweeping landscape of Ireland, but I can't get enough of that. Yeah. I love it. I'm like, yes, it is so magical. So bring it on. Like that, yeah. that rocks with like kind of the cliched, like penny whistle, like Irish music. I love it. I love the pub with the band and the old timers playing. I love the lilty Irish tunes, like bring it. So I, and can I ask you, isn't John fave. Patrick Shanley, isn't his background Irish too? So yeah, this is more of a return I, to his roots rather than yeah, his friends. Exactly. Roots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he kind of wrote it as like an ode to his, his background, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought so, some of the writing was really strong too. Like I'll say, yeah, like some of the some, writing was really strong. Not the plotting yes. as much, but I thought some of the monologues and the the interrelations. Yeah, that's spot on. Spot on. The plotting um, is tonally weird. Um, doesn't track all the way through. There are a lot of spots where I was like, I have a question. Can we go back? Um, I need more. I need more stuff here. But like, yeah, the dialogue and um, and I think. I mean, Christopher Walken, no mm. accent, so bad, so terrible. Oh, but, I didn't even notice. That's funny. <laughs> but, but right, because he's Christopher freaking Walken. And I'm yeah. just like, I love you. You can't do wrong, even when it's so wrong. Um, so, you know, he broke my heart seven times in the film. So there you go, friends. Like, tonally, tonally off and plotting, but... Also, if you, if you, like me, can't get enough of those Irish cliches or whatever, or tropes, this is it. I love that. I loved it. The scenery was beautiful. The landscape is fantastic. And you've got um, two hot men. You've got Jamie Dornan and John Hamm. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, beautiful people. I can handle that. That's it. Give it a shot. I, you know, I can get past some of the weirdness. So, yeah, I recommend Wild Mountain Time on hulu cool cool and i saw it as well and i would say it is memorable and you know that that says something for a movie because a lot of movies you'll watch them and you'll forget them a week later so you know i think it says something if a movie sticks in your mind a little bit right yes okay so if you like what you've heard today please rate review and subscribe to our show on apple podcasts and or feel free to drop us a line at feedback at every because we'd love to know what you're streaming and loving these days and we'll be releasing our new episode Thursday on Romancing the Stone, featuring Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we hope you have a great week. Happy streaming. Happy streaming.